Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Well, indeed, happy Mother's Day to all. Pick up your free butane torch at the door when you leave. Would you please open your Bible or your Bible app this morning to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'd like to read the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 12 and then pray with you again. Um, I just want to mention I really like to use the Bible app on my tablet called Uversion. Many of you have discovered the same app. It's really a great little Bible app. Let's you read the Bible, but it also allows us to upload our sermon notes every week. So you just look for the events feature on your Uversion app, and you will be able to search for and find our church and our sermon notes uh, for future reference. So let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all of the moms in our audience today. And we ask you for your richest blessing upon them. When, when they feel weary and fragile and worn out from parenting, Lord, we pray that you would give them rest and strength and re-energize them for the task of raising boys and girls who honor you. Lord, no aspect of our lives is more delightful and more depleting than parenting. Sometimes the sheer demandingness of life makes us want to buy a one-way ticket to a far-away place. But since that would not solve anything, we ask instead for the Holy Spirit-inspired endurance that we need so we can run the race that has been set before us and run it well. We ask all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. The last cross-country race I ran was well over 40 years ago in a small town in northern Alberta called Athabasca. It was a cold, dreary, wet day in May. But what I remember most about that race is the last 500 meters. I thought I was going to die. My lungs felt like they'd been filled with wet cement. It was terrible. And after that race was over, I hung up my cross-country shoes forever. And it's interesting that the author of Hebrews uses the metaphor of a race to illustrate the Christian life. And a fitting illustration it is. Christian life is often a matter of endurance, strength, and struggle, and difficulty. And so is motherhood, I've been told. Yes, there's victory. There's victory, to be sure. There's victory in the Christian life, and there's victory in motherhood, but often it's a life full of struggles. The Greek word used in verse 1 that's translated race is the, is the word agona. Does that sound familiar? 
Of course it does. It's the Greek word from which we get the English word agony. So the race of life, the marathon of life is, is characterized by agony at times. It's also characterized by progress. I mean, there's a starting line and a finish line. The gun goes off. The, the uh, runners begin the race and they put one foot in front of the other, making progress. That's a good description of the Christian life, putting one foot in front of the other, one day at a time, one moment at a time. And it might be a good description of motherhood as well. Another part of this race that's really important is direction. You have to run in the right direction. You run, if you run backwards, you're never going to win. If you run in circles, you're never going to win. If you break the rules, you'll get disqualified. So you've got to run in the right direction according to the rules. The year was 1928. Southern California played Georgia Tech in the Rose Bowl game. And at that game, an event took place that has made sports history, and people are still talking about it today. There was a fumble on the field, and a player by the name of Roy Regals picked up the ball and began to run. He eluded one tackler after another after another, running the ball 80 yards. That was the best run of the day, best play of the game. But finally, Roy Regals was tackled by one of his own players just before he crossed his own goal line. Yeah, you see, what happened was in the, in the melee, in the confusion of the fumble, believe it or not, Roy Regals picked up the ball and ran 80 yards in the wrong direction. If we don't run this Christian race in the right direction, heading toward the right goal, fixing our eyes on Jesus, we will be disqualified. We're never going to win the race unless we run with endurance the race that's set before us and keep our eyes fixed on the goal, heading in the right direction. There's one main point that the author is driving at in these three short verses, and it's found at the end of verse 1. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let every follower of Jesus run with endurance. Let every mother, every father, every parent run the race with endurance. But how? How do we do that? First of all, the text suggests that we could stand on the shoulders of others. Stand on their shoulders. Learn from them. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. These families who dedicated their children this morning were surrounded by a cloud of family and witnesses. In Hebrews 11, the author, the, the chapter that occurs before this one, the author introduces all kinds of people of faith. He talks about Abraham and Moses and David and Jephthah and, and Gideon and Barak and Samson and Samuel and the prophets and so on and so forth. And then in the very next verse, the very first verse of chapter 12, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who's he talking about? Well, this large crowd, this cloud is composed of all the great men and women of faith in the Old Testament. The people who'd gone before him. And what's encouraging to me about this great cloud of witnesses 
the people that he talks about in Hebrews chapter 11, the thing that encourages me is that they weren't perfect people. Many of them have dark holes in their past. Many of them. Abraham lied to King Abimelech about his wife and all kinds of things. There's just all kinds of mistakes, all kinds of weakness, all kinds of failure. The Bible is really honest about the people in its pages. These stories contain moments of victory for sure. But they're also very honest about the weakness and the failure, failure that they experienced. And we get to stand on their shoulders. We get to learn from them how to run this race with endurance. Personally, I think of Andy and Ethel Storfield, the family that loved me so deeply all the way to the cross. And it was Ethel who shared the gospel with me back when I was 21 years of age. I still stand on their shoulders today. I think of Ray Matheson, who was the dean of students, who discipled me and mentored me as a, as a young student. I stand on his shoulders today. I think of John Calvin and Martin Luther. I think of Charles Spurgeon and, and John Piper. I think of Jim Elliott and Jerry Bridges, just some of the men upon whose shoulders I stand as a pastor and Christian brother. I stand on their shoulders, and they spur me on to run the race with endurance. So the author of Hebrews tells me there's a second thing I need to do as I'm running this race. I need to lay aside every weight and sin. Again, in verse 1, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Yeah, ain't that the truth? You cannot run long-distance race if you are hindered by any kind of weights. You, 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 have to, you have to run lean. You have to run mean. You can't have any additional weight. You have to rid yourself of that extra weight. Runners often train with um, ankle weights, right? Athletes often train, whether they're, they're basketball players or runners. They, they train with these weights so that when they run the race, it feels like their feet are like feathers, but they don't run with those weights on. When they come to the track, when they come to the race, they take the ankle weights off so that they can run without encumbrance. So what things are weighing you down these days? What extra weight do you carry that you need to shed, that you need to get rid of? Hmm? And then he goes on to say that we need to we need to lay aside every weight and sin. Most of us have something that we struggle with frequently. For someone, it might be internet pornography. For somebody else, it might be anger. For someone else, it might be lying and so on. All of us have something that we, we struggle with on a fairly consistent basis. And we desperately need God's help for all of those things. But the context here is more about faith and faithlessness. We, we, we just came out of Hebrews chapter 11, right? This great chapter of faith. And now he starts out in, in Hebrews chapter 12. The author is begging his readers not to succumb to the sin, the sin of faithlessness. He's been ex extolling the virtues of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And now in chapter 12, he says, you've got to lay aside every weight and the sin. 
What sin is he talking about? The sin of faithlessness, lack of faith. He's just listed all these exemplary people, men and women, who by faith won the victory. And that's the reference here, faith. The sin that so easily entangles us is the lack of faith. Many of us don't like to live by faith. We'd rather live by sight. Thank you very much. We want to get the calculator out and figure out exactly what we need to do next, right? Science says. Survey says. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. I don't need faith. I got it all figured out. But we don't like to live by faith, but that's exactly what we need to do. It's hard to live by faith, but live by faith we must. It's imperative. We need to live by faith. There's no other way to live the Christian life except by faith. And so now the author makes his main point. Having laid aside every weight and sin that wraps itself around us day after day, let's run with endurance the race that's set before us. The focus is on endurance. I mean, when you're, when you're stealing second base or you're running the four by 100 meter, what you need is speed. But if you're running cross country or you're running long distance, what you need is endurance. In 1983, Australia hosted the ultra marathon. The ultra marathon is a 573.7 mile foot race. It's run over several days, 573.7 miles all the way from Sydney to Melbourne. It's a race that takes several days to run, but professional runners come from all over the world to run in the ultra marathon. 573.7 miles. Well, shortly before the race started, this 61-year-old sheep herder uh, wearing his bib overalls and work boots, his name is Cliff Young, walked up to the registration table and asked for a number. He wanted to run the race. Well, the folk at the registration table thought it was a joke, and they started laughing. But he said, no, no, I, I really do want to run the race. Thinking that it was still a joke, they gave him a number and, you know, kind of laughed as they pinned it to his bib overalls. Cliff said, I'm going to run the race. So he walked over to the starting line, and he lined up with all these sleek athletes, you know, who had on all the latest New Balance, Adidas, Asics equipment, you know, $20,000 worth of stuff they're wearing, and they're all set to go, and there's Cliff standing with his bib overalls and his work boots. Crazy. They all started laughing. They thought he was nuts. They laughed even more when the, when the gun went off and the runners started to run, because all, while all the runners ran, Cliff didn't run. Instead, he kind of started out with his awkward-looking, goofy-looking shuffle. And that's how he went down the track. They left him in the dust. All the people in the crowd were laughing and making fun of him. And at one point, one, one fellow even yells out, Get that old fool off the track! But, five days, 14 hours, and four minutes later, Cliff crossed the finish line. Stripped of his overalls and his boots, he shuffled across the finish line 573.7 miles. And not only did he finish the race, he won the race. He won the race. Can you believe it? 
He didn't win by a nose. The guy who came in second was nine hours and 56 minutes behind him. So he didn't just win it by a hair. He won it by a long stretch. You see, nobody ever told Cliff that when you run the ultra marathon in Australia, what you're supposed to do is to run 14 or 16 or 18 hours at a time. And then you, you sleep for three or four hours and you get up and you run another 10 or 12 or 15 hours and then you sleep. No, sir. Nobody told him that, so Cliff Young shuffled his way to victory without ever sleeping. He persevered for five days, 14 hours, and four minutes. With endurance, let us run this race. Amen? With endurance. With endurance, let's raise our children to be respectable Godly, caring, compassionate people. With endurance, let's make disciples. And with endurance, let's plant more churches and reach more people. Let's run this race with endurance. How? By standing on the shoulders of others. Lay aside every weight and sin. And thirdly, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So my, my attention, Hebrews tells me, my attention, my concentration cannot be simply on the great men and women of faith. My focus cannot only be on those who have impacted my life for Christ. My consideration has to go beyond the people who mentored me and discipled me. I must look to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. If you look at others, you'll be discouraged. If you look at yourself, you'll be disheartened. If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you will never be dissatisfied. Because he's the author, he's the founder, and he's the perfecter of our faith. He went before us. He started us out in this race. And he's, he will see us through to the end. He's the founder and perfecter. He's gone first, and he paid the price so that we could get in the race. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Scorning its shame. There are so many reasons why I love Jesus. But this is one of them. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross for me. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He suffered in my place. He laid down his life for me. And that's why the writer says in verse 3, Consider him. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Consider him. Think about Jesus. Reflect on what he's done for us. Study his life. Study his death. Study his resurrection. Think about these things. Bear in mind that he's the only son of God, full of grace and truth. Ponder what he went through for you. And why did he do it? Well, because he loves you. 
And from that heart of love, from that heart of compassion, Jesus calls us into the race and he calls us to run with endurance. Not just run, not run simply when it's convenient, not run only when there's no soccer on Sunday, not run when there, only when the Stanley Cup isn't happening, but run with endurance every day, the race that's set before us. And believe me when I tell you, it will be worth it all. Do you believe that? Then let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we, as we come to the, close to the end of our service this morning, and at the end of this message, we just take a moment to consider him who endured such hostility. And as we consider Jesus and all that he's done for us, Lord, we, we fall to our knees in, in worship and praise and thanksgiving. And then we come in humble adoration to, to, to ask you for more tenacity, more stamina, more strength, more endurance to run this race in a way that's pleasing to you. Would you please, Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit today. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.